0: Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of Top of the Table. I'm your host, Brian Bentley, joined by Mr. Chris Ballard there in the middle. Nice angle this week. There you are, Chris. Hank Alexander coming to us from Boston on the right. Joining us on the left, behind the mysterious icon, is ELAC coming to us hey, from East LA, California. The, the man known as. What a Let him have it. <laughs> What's going on, guys?
1: Happy Sunday, or as. Uh- us uh Mexican Americans like to call it uh Feliz uh, Sexto de Mayo Day, which is uh, also uh national hungover day in our community. How are you guys? Is <laughs>
2: that <Hey, laughs> you know what it is? Yeah. Every day is National Hungover Day in my house.
1: Yeah, and as the chief as you would say, Fed and, uh yeah, that's kind of a three hundred sixty five day thing.
0: Well, John, uh, Elak, excuse me, I did, gave away your, your real name, oh. your government name. That's okay. Brad. Uh, Elak is the, is the host of a podcast called What the Flock, which is the greatest name for a Chivas USA podcast you can find. Uh, you can follow, you can follow them at, at What the Flock on Twitter. Uh, the website is whattheflock.buzzsprout.com, and I'm going to throw those up here for you. You can follow John on Twitter at East LA Chiva. Uh, or Elac, super nice guy. Um, the three of us know Elac from uh, Around the League, our old show that we were all part of in some form or fashion. Uh, Elac was kind enough to send me this week a uh, Black uh, Black Army 1850 uh, shirt. Here's the back of it. And if, if that doesn't scream biker gang to you, I don't know what does. Uh, and then also, <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. And a very and a very cool uh, uh Black Army eighteen fifty scarf. Is this a roughneck scarf, Eli? Uh actually it is not, man. That's made from uh uh this
1: uh that's made in Poland, believe it or not. Even uh even in Poland, uh Eli has friends. No. Uh yeah. So believe it or not, man, that was made in uh in a Ultras uh, Factory, I can't say the name, man, because I, I can barely speak English, much less uh, Polish, but uh, I have a friend who's in uh, Section 8 named uh, Marcin, uh, shout out to my friend Marcin, and uh, yeah, he hooked us up, he, uh, he's a rep, take, takes care of our scars for us, he's a really nice
0: guy, and uh, yeah, he made it out to the game uh, last Friday. Too. And I saw you posted some pictures of that uh, on your website. Um, I, yes. If you have time, and it's not a long podcast, I think the first episode was thirty-five minutes, and the second episode was maybe fifty. Um, give these guys a listen; they're they're great. And I, and like tell us about the show. I don't want to. I I don't want to regurgitate all your information and uh, and use up your time just listening to me talk. Tell us about what the flock.
1: Yeah, man. so <clears throat> about uh, maybe about a almost about a year ago, and I was. Uh, making good friends with uh, a lot of people that, uh, that are just around the MLS, you know, podcast world, um, you guys especially. And, uh, you know, they were just all encouraging me, like, you should have a podcast, like you should do this. And I was like, eh, you know, I think people are tired of me already. and They're like, no, 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 you should do it. And about a month ago, a buddy of mine who, uh, uh about uh, five years ago, we tried to start a, uh, uh Achieve, as you would say only supporters group and uh, you know from that we, we started a couple other ones and now we're at uh, Black Army 1850 but he call, he hooked me up and he goes hey man uh, let's do this podcast big man I, I think it would work so you know uh, his name is Ivan uh, he goes by Glyco um, Glyco nerd and uh, you know, we we just uh, we go to the hot tub. You know, we crack open a few cold ones, and we just talk Chivas USA. It's kind of more like a therapy
0: uh, podcast for Chivas USA fans. And, and it really is. And when he the very first episode, um, it's not. I mean, it's not like two minutes into the show they've got theme music. There's some rough introductions. You hear the background psst, pull tab. Uh, let's get to talking.
1: Nice. Yeah, <laughs> we just want to have fun, and to be quite honest, you know, it hurts only when we laugh, and we laugh a lot, so, you know, we think the, the Chivas USA uh, uh, supporter family, uh, family of fans, uh, you know, we need a voice, and we need a voice that isn't uh, bought and paid for by, by the team, by the league, and that is uh, independent. Um, I, I don't always uh, stick to a script and, you know, say all the politically correct things. But you know, I do want to, I do want to bring attention to the things that uh, that we do that are right in the community. And, and I want to, you know, point the, the spotlight on the things that are going wrong with this team. And, and lately, it, there's been a lot. So, you know, that that's basically the gist of it.
2: Well, that's cool, that you know, we, we we're we're all kind of doing the same thing with that that regards. It's uh it's definitely podcast therapy. It's that's why we come on the show every week to can vent and gripe and say the things that we want to say. It's good stuff. I just subscribed to your podcast, by the way. Does that make me yeah, sure? it it, it. Yeah,
0: we're uh, we're on. Uh, shoot, man, I don't know where we're on. Just find us on iTunes. Yeah, they're, right. in, uh, they're yeah. Yeah, they're they're in iTunes, and whenever we post the show up, I'll make sure that everybody links to it so they can find it. It's uh, at uh, whattheflock.buzzsprout.com. That's it. And That's it. You can uh, and you can subscribe through there on iTunes as well. Um, Elak, tell us tell oh. us more about the Black Army, eighteen fifties. Yeah, you know,
1: uh towards the end of the 2010 season, I mean, I just felt like you know, we had uh we had a a bit of some success, some moderate success. We made some marginal gains in attendance and 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 uh and quality of play when we had uh Plecki as our coach. And, you know, things, you know, you know, worked didn't work out and and we 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 hired another guy to take over, Martin Vasquez. And um at that time uh, myself and about fifteen other guys, we we were uh we were members of a of another supporters group called uh, Union Ultras. Uh and I was uh I was a founding member of that group uh, along with
0: uh ten other guys who uh, uh, Is that me or is that Eli? That's Eli. Eli Eli's coming to us from his cell phone.
2: Oh, all right. Coming from so say, say already. There he goes. Come back, here Come back. So Wikipedia.org backslash Black Army. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, but it's good stuff because obviously you know there's been a lot of upheaval in the Chivas uh, area, the the supporters group, and they just can't get a win going or anything seriously substantial for a long period of time. And you know they're looking to make some changes.
0: And when you listen to the podcast, Elak and Goers, they we lost him. We'll get we'll get John back here in second show card back. Um, they really know what they're talking about. Uh, one of the great points they make early on in the very first podcast is that Preki basically said, we're playing a four-four-two. You guys go out, improvise, and make it happen. Stay wide on the flanks, do whatever it is you do, and let's play. Um, and you just kind of get the impression there he is.
2: Yeah. And so, I mean, the, uh, obviously with is that he's the kind of guy who just likes to play. He was always that type of player. Go out there and make it happen. You back, John? Yeah,
0: I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs>
2: Good, because I was running out of things to
0: talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about how one of the points that you made you – know, you guys really know what you're talking about. One of the points that you made was um, when Preki was here, Preki said, look, we're playing 4 4 use the flanks, do whatever you want to do. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, at that time we had uh, Fasha and uh, Fasha Christian who – you know, just, uh, won his first title, uh, at Anderlecht today, so I'm really happy about that, and we had Anthony Razov, and I think, you know, Galaxy still hadn't, you know, signed Beckham, and, you know, and, and hadn't found the level of success that they had, you know, like they did last year, and, you know, we, we just felt like, hey, man, this team has some swagger, this team has some attitude, this team, you know, is, is cool, it's fresh, and, uh, you know, we uh, we as fans wanted to give, you know, Chivas USA its own supporters group. And, you know, as as time went on, you know, we, we find ourselves kind of in an identity crisis. Just the supporters group are concerned because we had a lot of Guadalajara guys, and they wanted to be more Guadalajara-centric. And, and a lot of us are like, no, nah, man, you know, this is an MLS team. We want to we wanna keep it MLS. We want to keep it, you know, uh, uh, local to L.A. So... That's it, we started the Black Army in two thousand and ten at the end of the season. uh We picked black just because it's kind of a universal color for you know all things that are cool and uh you know we came up with a, a cool logo by our our uh, our president angel mendoza uh I don't know if you guys pay attention to it but the the eyeballs are the colors of the American flag and uh yeah, like I said, man uh it's kind of ironic that you guys ask me about this because. I was just talking about this to to some of the other guys in, in the group. It's like, um, last year, we just kind of tried to build our name, our brand. You know, hey, we're here for the team. And, you know, it, it kind of sucked last year because our team sucked last year. And then this year, we're not even able to win a game, much less score goals, even though we scored one on Friday. And yet we have fans that are just coming in off the parking lot, just like, hey, man, we want to hang out with those guys. And just randomly, man. We we, have, we must have had like about 15, 20 people from San Diego just show up with their own barbecue grill. You know, we, we, we're we're up to almost ten coolers per game full of you know beer and and That's we're just really a good. Happy.
2: Good supporters group yeah. there. Get 10,
1: 10 yeah, coolers. yeah, and we're just really having a good time, and our team's losing. So we're doing the best to you know to give that uh, to give that team to give that stadium some atmosphere, some vibe. And and despite the losses, we're still growing, you know. So that's that's the whole point, man. Is just to have fun and
0: you know represent Chivas US USA as best we can. And you can follow them at Black Army 1850 on Twitter. Um, and I've seen elac you know, make some retweets. They show up with a with a menu. They're, they're serious about tailgating. Like they have like right. some catered like some. When they say they know people they show up with uh, I think it was 2 weeks ago he tweeted out the menu and it was and it wasn't like somebody had written it down or somebody had typed it out as a, as a tweet it was an actual printed out chivas chivas uh, a black army themed menu and it was impressive yeah man we have a uh, we have three guys that are uh, that are chefs
1: like for a profession and uh, we uh, we lucked out in that way, in that you know these people just want to cook. You know we don't just want to do hot dogs, even though we do have that. We don't want to just do carne asada. We do that. You know we have stuff for everybody and every you know kind of uh, element of, of of the fan culture, and we just happen to luck out with like people that really like to cook, that are foodies, and um, man, it, it, it's it's a blessing. We had uh, corned beef and cabbage tacos. Uh, for the, our St. Patrick's game, and uh, yeah, man, you know, so that, that's what we're talking about, man. We, we're just, you know, we're all over the map in terms of our of, of our culture and 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 where we're at, you know, as uh, as uh, people. You know, we have uh, we have a lot of women, we have a lot of families, uh, we have a lot of um, gay, lesbian, bi, trans. You know, I mean, we 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 invite everybody, and we don't care. Just love. Love the goats, you know. That's all we have. Love the goats. Help us, help
2: us, help us! <laughs> love the goats. Reminds me of a joke about two Scottish brothers. But anyway, hey, uh, <laughs> you
3: guys should totally make a slip and slide down the end of Home Depot Center. Well, that tarpaulin is just make a slip and slide. Bring the kids; it'd be great. Nice.
0: So, so what about the? Um, so, what about the the rumors or talks or? Groundswell of uh, of you guys getting your own stadium. Yeah,
1: um, I can I can confirm and
0: verify,
1: you know, from my sources that that that's in the works. Like, it's not just talk. But I mean, I don't know if you guys know anything about LA politics and land and you know this crazy economy. But the the plan is this: is to move out. Um, I went to a season ticket holder uh, party get together on a. Uh, at the Home Depot Center and I spoke with the, the, the man the general managing partner or the, or the primary owner, Antonio Quay and he just told me, Hey man, this is our farewell tour our farewell season of uh playing at the Home Depot Center and we were like, Wow, that's great. We just you know gave this guy a running applause. well. like yes he gets it and his hope is that, you know, you know, we find a place in Los Angeles or in Los Angeles County. Um, we definitely feel that uh, the team understands that, you know, whatever whatever they said and whatever they did or didn't do um, previous to the season with regards to this issue wasn't going to work out, you know. Um, we're never going to be able to sustain at the rate that we're at, I feel, as a, as a commodity, as a product, you know, as a brand in the MLS if we just keep paying rent to the Galaxy and, you know, keep borrowing, you know, somebody else's brand. So I, I asked him quite blank, I go, you know, what's the... What's the likelihood of even adding Los Angeles to our team name? And he said that's going to happen too. And he goes on another day. He goes, we're 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 talking about putting the uh, the seal of Los Angeles on the back of our jerseys next season when this all happens.
2: So you know that Chivas that's, Las that's, Vegas yeah. is right out then. What's that? Chivas Las Vegas is out. Yeah, Chivas Las Vegas,
1: uh, Chivas Ma- uh, San Diego, and Miami. Yeah. Yeah, Miami, um, St. Louis. You know, uh, sorry. You know,
2: <laughs> but I oh, think yeah, the league has. Right. A lot to do that. I mean, because obviously, you know, you guys were founded in LA. Even though there's the ties to the Mexican club, on you know on paper, uh, but I'm, from all I've heard is that it's all about you know, the locals, you know, and that's what they that's how they want to rebrand the team and. That's the direction they want to go in. They want to get the local talent playing there. Uh, I think it's great if you guys stay in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I know we're not, you know, killing it on the on the uh, attendance uh, and on the, you know, box office records, you know, that's selling out our games. And yet these, these fans are just giving it all they got to help this team win, to help this team be relevant, to help this team be something viable for – for the LA, you know, sports community and, and we love winners here in LA. I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with the, with the other sports that, you know, for us to compete with that, we we need to pre uh create a better product and as supporters, you know, we're just going to give it all that we can to to make that happen for this team. I tell the guys I'm like, man, the more this team loses, the more I I love it, you know, and I and I, I wish it, I wish it wasn't so dysfunctional and complicated. <laughs>
2: Shipping it's okay, man. Yeah. Well, that's what miserable, right?
0: And that's one of the things I want to yeah. I want to ask you about is is you lose Justin Braun, who is
2: isn't he your all time leading goal scorer?
0: I, I don't know if he's wasting away on the Montreal bench. I know he didn't play when they were here in uh, in Dallas, um, but I thought he was a good young talent. I, I understand what they were trying to do when they made the trade, but one of the things you guys talk about on the podcast on the first edition is that your problems are all in the final third of the field. There's there's too many touches, there's too many passes, and that seems to be where your defense is playing okay, but you have no offense whatsoever.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I was telling one of the guys, like, it's, you know, watching this team play, it's like, you know, making a trip to Disneyland, and then you can't get tickets. You know, you just made it all the way to the – to the front, and then you just can't get in, and it's just like, why can't we do that? I mean, we, we got like better anything. ball with every game,
2: and we can't do anything with it. Yeah, you know, the good news is that if you were on the East Coast, you'd be mid-table. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true too, because it, it sounds just like New England uh, and and their issues. You know, actually, same same, uh, almost the same record: um, three wins, nine points and that's about it and uh we're we're the same way you know so and we love to we love to hate on our team uh in a little bit different way you know we we actually like to get mad at our team and, and yell and bicker and whine and I don't know what we would do if they ever really got good but uh it's a little bit different from you guys where you guys are just kind of enjoying the ride what
1: yeah you know I, I i don't know how you guys feel but for us you you know we feel like you know, it's an honor. It's a privilege to have you know one of nineteen, you know MLS franchises in this country. You know, in first division American professional soccer. You know, and <clears throat> we, uh, we we live and breathe inside this bubble that that's just surrounded by all things. You know, LA Galaxy. And for us to make an imprint, you know, we need to make some real hardcore, serious decisions. And even though we don't dig the t- they take the terms of those decisions that are going to be made. We're just going to have a good time in the parking lot or the tailgate and at the stands and, you know, and everywhere else where we can make noise. You know, we've we got, we got a lot of things in plan for, for our supporters group. And, and we tell the players when they come at the end of the game, it's like, hey, we're going to give it all we can get, all we can give our heart and soul for 90 minutes. We just expect the same from everybody, from all 11 guys that are on that pitch.
0: And when you look at the stats, this is a team that through nine weeks of, uh, of soccer has five goals. Five, five, individual player, five players each with one individual goal. Uh, Juan Pablo Angel with 15 shots. Nick LaBracca with 15 shots. Uh, five, only five of those shots on goal for each player. Um, Ryan, Ryan Smith with two assists. Miller Bolanos with one assist. Nobody else. Uh, Oswaldo Minda has five yellow cards equaling the total number of goals they have through five games. But Dan Kennedy has 33 saves. This guy's a machine. It's uh, Five goals.
3: Wonder has twice that many.
0: Yeah. On his own. Wow. So, so, what, I mean, do you think the team needs to go out and, I mean, make a move? Or, I mean, obviously, they do, Elac, but who do they go and get or what do they do? You know, everybody was kind of excited uh, there when Ryan Smith came back from his... Um, Hiatus or sabbatical or disappearance from sporting KC, um, mm-hmm. and he provided you know mm-hmm. some spark off the bench. But what do you do? Where who who do you put up top?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you've heard our podcast, uh, "What the Flock," that's uh, that's exactly our point. It's like, hey, we can get this player, we can get that player, but in reality, you know, are we really playing the the right formation? I mean, we have all these attacking players. We got all these cool. South American players with killer YouTube video highlights. And, you know, <laughs> it's like we're playing, you know, West Brom versus Stoke. You know, it's like, right. hey, man, open it up. Get out there, you know. And I I, I, I hate to say this because I'm, I'm still hoping you could, you know, think outside the box a little bit, but I put this on Robin Fraser. You know, there's no reason why, why we should have this poor record. If we've been in every game except for that Colorado game all season, you know, Kansas City came to L.A. and they I mean, we beat those guys around, but they scored one goal. Vancouver came here. We beat those guys around, they scored one goal. Houston came to town, same thing, they scored one goal. It's not like we're getting beat down. You know what I mean? It's not like we're just like falling down like feathers in the sky, man. I mean, we're, we're going at it. We're just not getting that mental focus for 90 minutes, man, for 90 minutes. We just have these lapses. And I, and I don't know what it is, you know. So I, I think it's more of a mental thing that our coach, our staff, has to address with these players.
0: Do you think the coach stays? Yeah, coach yeah well, stays.
1: Me, we're in year two of the Robin Frazier era, and, you know, we're, we're seeing more uh, regression as opposed to progression, you know. So um, <clears throat> we can't win at home. You can barely win uh, on the road, and and Colorado just you know made a big fat statement a couple of weeks ago that you know we're not
0: as good as our three wins saying they are. Yeah, yeah, they, they and that's and that's how the the uh, What the Flock podcast starts is a is the four zero defeat from Colorado with that oh man what just happened popped off yikes and uh, and they're off. Well, let's talk about what's coming up for Chivas. Uh, they've got a game on the thirteenth against San Jose at, it could be and they are at San Jose. Uh, followed followed uh, on the nineteenth uh, home to L.A., then the twenty third at New York. What do you see? Well,
2: hey, if Vancouver could beat San Jose. Why not Chivas?
1: Yeah, I mean, since. Uh, since San Jose came back to the league um, after their their whatever, since they were left, you know, and moved to Houston, um, you know, we've we've kind of beaten them a lot, and you can see with Frank Gallup's team, man, they're starting to embrace, you know, his his philosophy, and, and you know, that's a really good team, man, Lenhart and Wondolowski, you know, provide a good tandem. So we're definitely going to be uh, up for a challenge. We beat them last year in San Jose, so you know. I, I hope that we could at least, uh, you know, come out of there with a point. But um, yeah, we we need, we need to do something, man, because there's some decent players on this Chile USA team. But you know, th- this this constant formation issue that I keep talking about, and then the the lineup changes. You know, I, I realize that we have players that have concussions and players that get hurt. But you know, there's guys that are healthy that I feel they like could help the team. and, You know they're in one game and then they're like the invisible man the next game. So uh, I feel I feel okay about San Jose. I hope we can I hope we can come out of there with a draw. Um, But we need to start looking at you know the the next couple of games because you know uh, New York uh, you know they came to town uh, last night and took care of business against the against the others and then the the you know, it's coming up, and that that's always a fun game. But we we haven't we haven't even been able to, you know, compete with the with the galaxy um, for for years now in this thing, and it's it's totally lopsided. So, you know, I just hope that our our our, our team can listen can can listen to the cries of of the fans, the supporters, and just and and just put that all on their backs, and 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 take us, you know to the promised land and and, and score some goals, put some goals in the back of the net.
0: So, Elac, for anybody that is watching the show or listening to the podcast that is undecided on a team, sell them on Chivas and the Black Army. There's somebody calling Hank for info now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man,
1: it's real easy. Um, Not everybody goes and and is Drawn to to the big yeah, money, but, big stars, yeah, and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, I think Chivas USA is a is a team. It's a it's a product. It's a brand with its flaws, and 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 yet with its personality, with with its identity, with with fans and supporters that embrace Los Angeles, Southern California, that embrace the idea that the little guy can. That the, these um, MLS teams that you know that are piling it on with these great looking stadiums and these awesome fans and you know, super size attendances. That's great, but what we do in Los Angeles, what we do here in Southern California is very unique, and that's special to me in the sense that we're a family. We're, we're friends. We're, we're, we're together. We're united. We're here to help this team. We're here to support this team, to support each other, and I think that our day is going to come, and, and, and we're, we're going to get to where we want to get to, and that's to the MLS Cup. But it's going to take a while, and we're still on that journey. So I hope that journey ends soon and we can turn the corner. But in the meantime, if you want to have a good time, if you want to party, if you want to enjoy all things that are Chivas USA, Black, I mean, 1850s for you. I'm, so, I'm moving
2: to LA tomorrow. I'm convinced. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, by the
2: way, we got
3: great weather, man, so you can't beat that either.
2: There you go. I'm there. Look at me. I died within about half an hour. What? what? Stop talking in that funny accent. What did you say? I said, look, man,
3: in that weather down in Los Angeles, I'd laugh maybe half an hour.
0: Yeah. Oh, you would. As soon as the, su- <laughs> as soon as the sun came out.
2: Yeah. I would turn translucent and you'd leave me entirely. <laughs> Be careful! You don't want to lose that blue-white luster.
0: You do kind of, you do kind of molt into that blue background a little bit. I know it's a camouflage thing. It's, it's, I've been watching Monty Python: How Not to Be Seen. Powder blue, as it's been called in the chat room. Yeah. Um, Elak, we're gonna we're gonna talk about and wrap up the uh, the weekend. You want to stay with us, or you want to run? What do you want to
1: do? I mean, I'll do whatever you guys want, man. I'm good. It's sunny. It's about eight degrees right now. Man, I'm living the
2: dream. <laughs> You still fighting off that that guy who's uh, selling drugs out of the ice cream truck? <laughs> no, nah,
1: man. We we had a a, a mutual disagreement. I, I I told him I go, man. I gotta go legit. I gotta go legit, man. I got <laughs> I, I gotta get out of this. And he goes, but we're such a good partnership. And I said, no, nah, man. I, I he like has to, he's got to think about his sons, puppet and little puppet. And,
0: and you know, that that's what we're all about, man. It's trying to be legit. <laughs> There you go. And that's a ref. It's an old reference to around the league. Whenever Elac would call in, there would always be an ice cream truck in the background, and one of us made the made a joke of, "Oh, it's selling ice cream," and it was this long pause. He went, "Yeah, uh-huh, it's ice cream." <laughs> so that's kind of been the joke with the with But yeah,
1: <laughs> when you guys would call, I, I was at a park where I where I would pick up my son from the school, and the ice cream truck wouldn't shut up. And then one of you guys asked like, "Hey man, go get you, you can get an ice cream." And I go, "Man, that guy's not selling ice cream." And then that was where it was like, <laughs>
0: "Holy shit!" <laughs> so every yeah, so, that was where it all started. So our, so every time we would you know we would have Elac on and we would talk for you talk with a segment about Chivas. the segment always ended whenever we heard the ice cream in the background. it was like, "Okay, I gotta go." So, <laughs> so
2: somebody gets killed. So there so that
0: go. so that is Elac. and again, we encourage everybody to check him out uh, on Twitter. I'll throw the uh, throw his plugs up here real quick. Uh, you can follow him at East LA Chiva. You can follow his show at What the Flock. I think that's the greatest name ever for a Chiva's podcast. Uh, and you can check him out at What the Flock dot dot com, where you can subscribe there, uh, and also through iTunes. There you go. Uh, hey, since we're talking about, um, can I say bad to worse? Elak, is that okay? As I segue to Toronto.
2: There you go. Yeah, go ahead, can I man. say?
0: Can I say bad to worse? Um, Toronto suffers a two-nothing loss at BMO to remain winless. Um, but the glaring stat is they have the third-highest payroll in the league.
2: How does that happen? Yes,
3: eight and a half million dollars, isn't
2: it? Yes. It's incredible. You've got to think Winters have a job soon. You would think. I mean, I was actually chatting with somebody about this today. It's just they've they've really gotten so low and yet with the payroll that they have and their three dps how much flexibility do they have in their roster to make changes at this stage there's there's really no other place that they can make a change except at the coaching position right i mean that's it so what do you do you you yeah i mean steve nickel i don't see that as the option to be honest you go oh and nine you go oh and nine
3: well, the thing is that, you know, you're holding Fraser, not Fraser, Aaron Vinto accountable, and that's fine. But at some point, you have to look at the front office management because these are the people who've approved the deal for Frings and for Shao Plateau, I think they paid 500 grand up front as a transfer fee for, right, which is why he was so far down the list, down the draft list. I mean, okay, Vinto hasn't helped himself by saying, we're going to play this 4-4-3 Dutch style without having any of the players to really do it. Um... But at some point, the front office have to look at themselves and say, you know what, we're just as culpable for this disaster that we've created than the coach or the players are. Um, I think if you're trying to play a flowing total football game with Ted Dunfield in the midfield, you have a problem straight away.
0: Well, and now it's getting to the point where even the players are, are coming out and speaking against it. Ryan Johnson with a post-game tirade, just seeing how unbearable losing is. Um, you've got to think at some point, Venter... Is going to be gone, and we talked about this. It was last week or two weeks ago. Uh, uh, it was last week with Sean Reed. Uh, the ego of bringing, trying to to bring in and, and kind of shoehorn or force uh, this European style on a North American team. You know, like Hank just said, without the players to do it. Yeah,
3: it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 got to be demoralizing for any professional footballer to. To kind of shut up every week and lose, just as much as it is for the fans. Who I don't know if their attendance have taken the big hit, but at some point that they're going to stop showing up to be Manfred, and they're going to stay at home and watch the hockey. I would guess whatever there is to do in Canada. I don't know hockey, curling, I don't know William Shatner's um So they have to do something, but like Hank said, they can't do too much with the past now because of the salary cap and with the issues they have there. So the only only move that they can really make is a coaching change and hope that whoever brings in, whoever they bring in can do
2: something with those players that have been so ineffective so far. You know what's gonna happen is because of, you know, Paul Mariner's up there, he's the technical director, and um, they're they're gonna fire Winter and they're gonna bring in Steve Nickel and they're gonna be just as bad. And then Steve Nichol will get a year, year and a half to turn it around, and they won't be able to. And the reason why is because, as much as I respect Paul Mariner as a player, the guy has proven nothing as a coach. He's proven nothing as a technical director. He went to, um, he was an assistant coach in MLS with a team that was pretty good that got worse. Right? It didn't get better underneath Steve, underneath Paul Mariner. And then he went off to England and was coached at uh, Plymouth Argyle. Uh, and he actually became the manager of Plymouth Argyle, and then got demoted to coach, and then left there. So I don't see how Paul Mariner is necessarily the answer. So, but unless they scrap the entire plan and start over again, again, it's um, it's going to be the Mariner and Nickel show before the end of the season, I guarantee.
0: And this is a team that in its first year was. I mean, played really well and had great attendance. Was putting a great product on the field, and then some very questionable player moves put him into decline. Much like the Union, you know, last year great year, questionable moves this year. This now this year not so much. Yeah.
2: yeah, But that's a great goal celebration song. You got to say second year in a row. It's as good as it was the first
0: year. But you but you look at uh, here's Toronto's next three. They've got Montreal on the ninth, uh, DC on the nineteenth, Philadelphia on the twenty sixth,
2: and Montreal just beat um, Kansas City. Yeah, and uh, who predicted that? Nobody. Nah, Uh -uh. didn't see that coming, especially at Kansas City. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: actually, I I made that prediction, but I I made it in Spanish, and nobody paid attention to
0: me. (laughs) Yeah, okay, we believe you. So yeah, so I gotta say that's got that's gotta be uh, losses 10, 11, and twelve.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not gonna get any easier for them, and, and you know they. The only thing they maybe can take some solace in is that they didn't lose the other night in the uh, Canadian Championship,
3: which means now they get to lose. They had a zero-zero draw. So it was at home, right? I think so. Yeah, so they're still probably gonna go out and return like this Wednesday and that's
1: how they got hey the Champions league spot last year. Hey guys, I'm wondering if we can go into the uh top of the table time machine and and look at um uh, their their success uh during their uh Champions League's run. Um what 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 was it about um that run that made them so successful and and why hasn't that translated uh to the MLS? I mean, are these guys tired because of the extra games or or has has uh, um, the inability of Renter uh, to kind of just change the way he coaches in the league versus that, that, that uh, tournament is what's keeping this team back because uh, as a Chiles fan, we got three wins, and one of them was against Toronto. And I'm telling you, man, in that second half, they just bombed on us. And maybe they, that 4-3-3 was clicking on all cylinders. But, you know, we have uh, Dan Kennedy stopping all these crazy – all these crazy shots and Cougarman and who couldn't, you know, shoot, you know, from like two feet in front of the box. So what do you guys think about that, man? I mean, is, is there something that we're not seeing? Because they, they played pretty good during the CONCACAF the, the Champions League.
2: Yeah, it's I think it's about a lot of their – a lot of that's got to be confidence. Uh, they they lost uh, Franks for a while and they kind of got demoralized. Um, and maybe it's a cyclical thing. They're, they will bounce back at some point. Will it be too little, too late is the question. I think that, you know, eventually they'll start to win here and there. Because um, they're not they're going to be that out of the playoffs, bad. playoffs by then, aren't they? They will be out of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think Winter said last week that
3: he still thought they were going to make the playoffs. which He sounds guaranteed like, it. Yeah, that, that sounds like a guy who's been sticking his finger to the ear saying, la, 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 I'm not listening. <laughs> we're going to be fine. I think... To your point, Ilak, in the Champions League, they played pretty well, although suddenly beating LA isn't quite as impressive as it was at the time, considering how they've played since then. I think with the formation they play, they're going to have spells in games where they do, do pretty well. Actually, I thought in the game against Santos, the semi-final, when they were playing away, I thought they were great for about 20 minutes towards the end of the first half and got the equaliser. And it was only after the break when they lost the guy and see the penalty, that it really went downhill. But up oh, yeah. until that stage, I thought they were in with a chance of pulling a really big surprise. Um, and I have not seen all of their games this year in MLS. I think I've seen three or four of them. And they've had you know, spells of 15, 20, 25 minutes in all the games, where you think, oh, this is where you need to get a goal. And they haven't got it. And as soon as they concede, you think, oh, God, here we go. The, the best one was at RSL last week, where they were two-two, and they can see it was like five minutes to go. And to see five of the guys collapse, you kind of realize then that this is a team who has a fragile confidence, and they're going to struggle as soon as they go behind. I think you see players of of Fring's quality and his experience collapsing to the floor, beating the ground. That isn't a good sign for anybody.
2: Yeah. Right. And that's that's what it comes down to: is that it's a confidence level that they just don't have and um they they need some way to get it back. Maybe it's they get rid of one of their players and they pick up somebody else that could be that spark that kind of can be a catalyst if you will and kind of bring that team back together. Um you know maybe it's somebody on the bench. I don't know who it is. But, but they th- need
0: something. That the irony of all of this is the team lacks the confidence that the head coach obviously has but the head coach has the confidence in himself. I
3: don't well, really he's done. not a very good coach, then, because he should be transmitting that confidence to the players.
2: I think it's all – I think he's just blowing it out to the media, to be honest. I don't think – I don't necessarily believe – I don't know him, A, but um, if the team doesn't feel that way, it's, the evidence is all pointing against him that he's just blowing smoke right now. I don't know. I. Uh, to me, I think it's, it's all just for the press. Well – It
0: looks bad for them as
2: well now because,
3: you know, for a while they were the only Canadian team. And then last year, you know, last year Vancouver came in but did nothing. This year you've got Vancouver and Montreal, both Canadian teams. I think Montreal are doing better than most people expected them to do. And Vancouver looked like they can probably make a run of the playoffs. So suddenly from being the only team in Canada where it's like, well, if you like Canadian football, then we're about it in MLS, to suddenly go into three teams, two of which are doing better than you. That's going to really put the pressure on the organization to to improve, and I don't quite know how they can dig out of the hole they find themselves in because, as we've already covered, that the players aren't doing the trick they don't have any salary cap negotiation you know space if you will, so I think they're and this is a horrible technical term screwed <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep, that's about it.
3: Hey, man, do
1: you guys know if, if MLS allows teams to trade coaches?
2: <laughs> uh,
1: uh, here, look, I know, man, it was a joke, but seriously, man. Look at, I'm going to compare and contrast, right? Venter with Frazier. All right, with Frazier, he's a defensive icon with with uh, LA Galaxy, and he's a defensive minded coach. And at the same time, you know, our ownership and our general manager has really, like, ported on with, like, getting these attack minded South Americans. And we have a we have problems scoring, you know, that's that's our big issue. You know, we have other issues as well, but that's our big issue. And then you look at Bender who's got like this attack minded mindset, you know, Dutch four three three, you know, and he's got this team that was built, you know, to play something else, like four four two or four five one. And I'm just saying, man, I mean, would they allow that? I mean, wouldn't that be cool if they did? Inter to Chihas USA and Fraser to
0: Toronto? Because, I mean, that would help both... Well, hey, Toronto's, only, um, Toronto's only got one more goal on the season than Chivas does. Hey, go. man, tomato, model, Don't bring me down,
3: no, man. No, I was just going to say that the players that Chivas got probably suits that system more than the players that Toronto have. Because with the three up front, they tend to play with a with a big pivot, which has been Kuberman, but of course he's been injured. That's the kind of role that Angel can play because he's not the most mobile chap around anymore, is he? So I mean, I you know, it kind of, I think it's speculative at best, Elad, but it's not something that would be a total disaster. And any move for Toronto is going to improve them. I think if you put me in central defence, I'd probably make the team better. Okay, maybe not.
0: Well, you look at you look at the goals. Uh, let's just look at the bottom three for each conference. Um... The Timbers with with uh, nine goals for, thirteen against Chivas with five goals for, eleven against Galaxy, eleven goals for, fourteen against. That's ten <laughs> points for the Galaxy, nine points for Chivas, eight points for the Timbers. That's your seven, eight, and nine. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dodge here because FC Dallas is right above that with twelve points, ten goals for, twelve goals against. Then you look over in the East Toronto, six goals for, eighteen against for a minus twelve. Philly with uh, five four nine against Columbus with a 6 four ten against so for a minus four there and they're sitting on eight seven and zero points I do not know uh, I mean you look Chicago's in fourth place in the east with 11 points is there a chance Toronto makes a run and picks up maybe picks up three or four points on somebody I I don't think they have any chance of making the playoffs sure yeah,
3: they're gonna get some wins at some point it's just you know, you find yourself so far behind in the playoffs at this stage already. And even if they go on the tail, they win five games out of six or seven, that still isn't going to get them into the playoff spots because you've got teams higher up like New York showing up to L.A. and getting a result, which I don't think anybody
0: really... With, yeah, missing seven people.
3: Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, you know, Condé and Marquez probably weren't big, but as soon as the wasn't going to show up because... I think every single goal that this season had one of those two involved. So as soon as you take Henry, you're like, well, where's the goal, where's the goal going to come from? And it's a like the goal they did score came from Limper and um, Solly. So that's the first goal they scored all year that didn't have one of Cooper or Henry involved, which I think tells you the story of how, how important Henry's been to them. Although LA have been
2: poor the majority oh, of the oh my, game oh, yes. but how many shots did they just drill right at Ryan Mira, who had an amazing game by the way yes. his second shot second shutout of his career um, that kid was on fire against LA and LA just kept attacking 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 and but the real shocker there for me was the the defense for um, New York that you know they got solely back whatever it's it's looking better than it had
0: um, um, you know I I put that I put that all on Dex on Dex McCarty McCarty
3: has been great I know you're kind of biased with this one
0: Brian no I'm I'm just saying that he's been really good I'm being strictly neutral on that I thought Dex McCarty played really really well yesterday
3: yeah he did he played well the last few games actually I think with Mira saving everything that's thrown at him even though most of what's thrown at him is thrown straight at him um, I think the thing for Mira, which has impressed me more than most goalkeepers, is that he must have come out half a dozen times and caught a long cross from Beckham or from a corner or wherever it happened to oh. him from. Whereas most goalkeepers just punch it out. And I mean, I when I played football, I played in goal a lot, and I always used to try and catch the ball because as soon as you punch it, you give the ball back to the opposition. And I thought yesterday when catching the ball was excellent. Um, I thought LA's attack was pretty pretty toothless. I mean they seem to they seem to revert to the type of, of if it doesn't going well through through their midfield or, or Donovan, they'll just give it to Beckham to try and hang a few of those famous passes in. But right. it's not it doesn't work because most of the league have worked out that's what's gonna happen. So you're unlikely to stop the ball getting in, but if you're attentive with man marking in the box, he's not going to get a lot of joy
2: out of it.
0: And LA only picking up one point out of a possible nine this week. Um if if Mark was here, I, I think he would um A be bleeped a lot. Uh secondly, I think he, he would he would uh, and he said he even tweeted it, he was like, So when is this team gonna start to care? Start playing with a little more heart and a little more passion. Um and it was one of the things that ESPN even mentioned at, at uh at their halftime yesterday was like um why is there no sense of urgency? Because
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think in last year especially they were going to games and they were they were grinding teams down. Now, there's always the the sense that, that of an inevitability that they would get a goal eventually. And that has started to ebb away because that hasn't happened. You know, at the beginning of the season, when they're playing Toronto, they're behind, you can thought, that's all right, they're gonna get the goal. And then they didn't, and then suddenly that feeling of of almost the sense of it's certainly going to happen with L.A. That's gone away, and teams don't seem to have the fear for them that they used to have.
1: Right. Nice. Yeah, man, I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm nobody to really, like, even talk about this team because I, I, I can't stand them, and I could care less, and it makes me happy when they lose. But um, <laughs> there is something to be said that perhaps the Galaxy's been figured out, you know, and I, like you said, Chris, I these teams aren't afraid, like, oh my gosh, David Beckham's got a new haircut, oh, I'm afraid, oh, you know, they're like, yeah, you're going to beat me, we'll do it then, and I think Galaxy players are looking at each other like, okay, well, who's going to, who's going to lead the charge, and they're all just kind of looking at each other, and in the meantime, you got, you got players like Mampir, just like, I don't care, who's in charge, I'm, I'm going to score on you, and, you know, like you said, Mira played an awesome game, man, you know, and, I think I think there is that possibility. You know, there's like some tournament hangover from, from Champions League, and I think uh, you know, they, they they had a great season. They were undefeated at home, man. I mean, that is amazing. And so what? That was 2011, and I, I think that um, you know, I, I, Donovan may not be 100, percent but uh, there might be like some chemistry issues too that that aren't getting resolved.
2: And they have a,
3: a pretty weak squad as well I mean you know you mentioned the three DPs you've got Beckham Keane and Darwin I and mean, they have a couple of good players like McGee and Janino around them but when things aren't going wrong and you have to bring on Adam Chrisman or Chad Barrett there you go you are not having a good season the team and, is not deep I mean like you know, nobody looks at those two and goes oh my cri-, you know, crikey we've got to look out Chrisman's on the prowl nobody's <laughs> ever said that because they're just not good players and um, I think they're nothing more than filler for the roster that they, you know, they have a huge budget and at some point they have to look further down the roster and say, well, we can afford to pay good money for these guys who we're hoping not to have to use. Let's get in any old crap. Oh, Adam is available. We'll get him. And it's, it's certainly bitten them in the backside several times this year because once those three main players don't strike for you, you have no plan B. And with losing Gonzalez and not having replaced him adequately, you're always going to get the feeling that they will concede a goal this year, which is not something that happened last year. Their defense last year was immense. This year has been pretty terrible. In fact, until yesterday, I would have said it was almost as bad as New York, but New York had a good game
0: yesterday. Right. Well, and they're also without Omar Gonzalez and uh, Josh Saunders uh, into uh, league treatment program, which is all uber. yeah I don't want to spe- that speculate any further but that's kind of a um, I mean that's, a, that's an awful big blow
2: and Bill Gaudet
0: does not you know look entirely sharp right now um,
2: so you gotta wonder about that even though he is very I, I do rate him highly as a goalkeeper he he did great uh, with with the Islanders Puerto Rico Islanders um, he he still looks a little rusty, maybe trying to figure out his team.
3: It makes makes some of their postseason moves look a bit suspicious, like Ricketts going to Montreal. Um, And he played really well yesterday against KC, and he's done well for Montreal generally this season. And until last year when he got Ricketts in four, the top four or five keepers in the league, and somebody decided to let him go, I thought was... Was odd. I don't know what else is going on behind him. I don't know if he said that he had to play in football well, but,
0: well, or whatever. But Saunders, you know, Saunders had one one good year, and then all of a sudden he get you know he got thrust in. I can understand maybe trying to go away with a youth movement, but before that, Donovan Ricketts was not a bad goalie.
2: No. Hey, Donovan Ricketts is finding his form in Montreal. He had a pretty good game yesterday.
3: Yeah, he's doing really well.
2: Um, so, I and mean, I think that says a lot about. Uh, you know Montreal's early woes especially on the defensive side I think Donovan Ricketts wasn't comfortable back there he's he's finding that comfort zone now so it makes the move a little more suspect I think for on the LA side because uh, Ricketts obviously number one you think uh, this whole this whole thing with Saunders uh, is this more of a, it, do you think is there a possibility of performance enhancing drugs here we want to go there?
3: I don't, they haven't said what it is. He did have a DUI a few years back,
2: yeah. um,
3: so if you had to make a guess that would be my thing and I think, I think it's to MLS's credit that they have their own substance abuse program, isn't that the same one that Shari Joseph went on a, few, a couple yep. of years
1: back? Yep. yep we I did. think
3: it was hot wasn't it? So I, I don't know what particular substance is being abused, I don't think it really matters, I just, you know, I'm going to be a bit wishy-washy here. I hope he gets himself sorted out and comes back and helps his team because that's what you know. The MLSPA should be there for. It should be to help players who find themselves in situations that they're not really equipped to handle on their own. Right.
0: Great. Uh Let's talk. Uh, let's let's end with the discussion of two teams in the. Uh, I, I'm going to throw out three, but I am going to talk about two teams in the West. San Jose at the top, 22 points. Is that a surprise to anybody?
3: Oh, yes. It is a surprise. Uh, they, they were There are teams that start to score goals, but they scored a lot of goals, and they've been the best team to watch
0: this year. They've got 21 goals for, 11 against. They've got yeah. uh, They're one goal ahead of DC United with 20 goals. Uh,
3: well, those two teams played in midweek, and it was 5-3 to San Jose, and it was one of the most entertaining games I've seen for years. And... You know, I, I think it's a shame that Boxall Stadium doesn't hold more than ten thousand people. Because,
2: you know,
3: people in the Bay Area should really get down there and check it out. Even though they lost yesterday, um, they're a team who are. I think that they're going to get into playoffs. I don't think they're going to finish top, but they'll be second or third. And I I look forward to watching them because they're so much fun.
0: Well, and that's that was my question: is is do you guys think that they can keep this? They can keep this pace up. They can keep this pace up. Sorry,
2: Hank. It's all right. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at the the thing now. You got Real Salt Lake just, uh, you know, capitalizing on their win against uh, the Rebs yesterday, and San Jose losing. They're moved into a tie there. Seattle's only three points back. At this stage, it's so it's too too soon to call a clear-cut winner. And then you got Vancouver. It's only he's only uh, five points back. So I mean, Vancouver, huh? Really? Uh, but it's it's way too early to, to call this race. Um, I think they're going to be the top three, San Jose.
0: Well, and, uh, and see, I mean, Seattle's got three games in hand. That's
2: true. That's true. And,
0: and that was the other. That was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Was that uh, was that? Well, Houston does too. Uh, they have like five games in hand. Uh, on DC United. Yeah, yeah, they do have five in hand. That's right. I, I wanted to talk about that. Uh, the uh, Northwest teams, uh, Seattle. I want to say quietly, Knights sitting at third, 19 points, 11 goals for, three goals against.
2: That's pretty, yeah, they're
3: defending really, really well, and even though, even though they lost their goalkeeper for a few weeks to replacement,
2: I can't remember the guy's name
0: there, but he's done pretty well in the two yeah. games that he's played. I was
2: just trying to remember, what's his name? I mean, he did all I, right. And that,
0: yeah. and, that, and that was my point, is you, you lose, uh, um, legend, Hall of Famer, uh, Casey Keller, and then you come back with who? And you've only given up three goals all year so far in nine games?
2: Well, then you. Yeah. Well, that yeah. first
0: choice goalkeeper got injured. I know, that's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you come back with that guy who's now injured, and I, we don't even remember his and, name because the other guy's doing yeah. so well. That's my fault. <laughs> we don't remember his name either. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I mean, they're going to be there, about I don't find them as thrilling to watch, but maybe I just like to see really bad defenses. Well,
0: like. they've, all, they've also got four straight wins. Uh, they they handle LA pretty easily in midweek. Freddie Montero playing well. They're here in Dallas uh, midweek of next week. Um, now let's look at the other side of the coin. Let's go to Portland.
3: Guess not. Let's move on.
0: Eight points, uh, nine goals for, 13 against for a minus four like we talked about earlier. Um, three losses, a win, and a tie in the last five. At what point do we start holding John Spencer's feet to the fire like we've held Aaron Venter?
3: Well, we should be holding him to the feet now, to his feet to the fine now. I mean, last night's game especially was a game against Columbus, a team who, if Portland have any pretensions in making the playoff, for the kind of team they should be beating, especially at home. And the performance, although it was better than some of the performances have been, it still wasn't very good. And uh, there was never a point in that game where I was watching it thinking, oh, Portland's going to score any moment now. And in fact, Columbus had a couple of chances of their own. They could have you know, walked away with all three points. Um, I don't think some of the players that they've brought in have worked out. Chris Boyd isn't getting the service. It's starting to look a little bit like Cooper last year where you, know, you have this guy in with a fairly big reputation and they're not getting the ball to him in the places that he needs it. I mean, we've seen this year with Cooper that if you give him the ball in the right places, he's going to score for you. Nagmi, um, Nagme hasn't... He's played well in, in patches, but he's not turning into the the kind of player that you think the team hopes he will turn into. Whether or not it's too soon to put the cut, like him, I don't know. But the defense has been pretty poor. Although in you know in defense or in mitigation, you know, Footy was injured. He came back last night and they kept the clean sheet. So maybe that side of his balance sheet is going to be keeping a little bit better now. It's just going forward, they don't seem to have any ideas. They've got a player called Songu who I think is extremely talented but he's still not match fit. I think he lasted 65-70 minutes last night. Um, Eric Alexander came in hadn't done a huge amount from the bench but early on in the season he seemed to be doing much better when he was starting. So I think that Spencer has the pieces there but he hasn't quite worked out how to put them together. And it's getting to the stage now where we're nine games in. If you don't work it out pretty soon you're going to be in danger missing the playoffs especially since you've got to play all the teams in your conference three times.
0: Hey, as, a, as a Timbers fan, what frustration do you have watching former Timbers players go to other teams and do well, Uh like Kenny Cooper? Uh, and now you look at James Marcelin, signed by uh, FC Dallas this week to take over some midfield duties with with injuries to uh, Bobby Warshaw. And...
3: Yeah, and that was Adam Moffat last year as well, went in the trade for Chabala, and he scored when he, when he came back, which was a typical. I don't... It doesn't really upset me too much because I think it's almost, as a football fan, you kind of expect these things to happen. Um, You know, I'm sure Dallas fans did Cooper to score against him when he went down there, and and it's not something
0: that, it comes
3: as any surprise, it's almost written in the stars that these things happen. Well, and Cooper Um, had a
0: a brilliant goal for uh, New York uh, opening day this year, so...
3: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, you know, and I'm sure you can mention any number of players in LLF who've done a similar kind of thing to them. I'm sure Lenhart scored against Columbus a couple of times, that kind of stuff. So that doesn't bother me. I think it's important to kind of worry about the players that we have rather than the players that we don't have anymore. Um, they've been a bit unfortunate with some of the players they brought in. they brought in an expensive young kid. Up. I can't remember the guy's name, but he turned out to be injured and is going to be out for the season. So already you've missed that player. He's on the roster taking up. I think he, they were able to move some of the cap around on his account, but still it's not very helpful.
2: And right. I think there's only so much flexibility you get when somebody gets injured because you can, you still have to pay them, right? Yeah. You get some cap, you get some, if he's on the injured list for the season, you get cap relief. Yeah. The, the number that he's on the books for, um, that's it. But and you still can't go over your cap. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, you, how are you going to go find a replacement player at this time? You know, Right in the middle. Maybe you can pick somebody up in summer. But yeah, but then if you go looking look at,
3: at somebody in the summer, the chances are they're going to bring somebody European. I, I don't know if that's something they really want to do with Boyd and Chara and and Palazzo taking up a lot of space. Um, I think they just need to work out how to get the ball to Boyd in these dangerous areas because... If you give him the ball, and we've seen it when he has had the ball on a couple couple of occasions, he will score. And he did it for years in in Scotland, even though I tend to be very dismissive of the league over there. You know, you don't score as many goals as he did in any league without having something about you. Um, He has cut a rather lonely figure at times this year because you can almost see he's dispacing the ball to be given to him in a certain place and it doesn't go there. Um, And I realise that that happens a lot with with players in new teams, but again, he's been there for three months now. I would guess three months he's been in Portland. That should have been thought out on the training field, Um, and the fact that they hadn't scored. I think he's scored twice, Nagby's scored a couple of times possibly, but they're not one of these teams who you expect to score a lot of goals, And, and we're seeing that this year, especially in MLS, a lot of teams are scoring a lot of goals. You, know, you've seen, you mentioned San Jose. D.C. have scored a lot of goals. New York have got quite a few goals. And it looks like the way to prosper in this league is to have a really strong attack. I mean, you mentioned Seattle. Even though they haven't conceded very many, they've been scoring quite a few goals. You said 11, Brian. But they haven't played anywhere near as many games as anybody else.
0: Right. And that's, the, and that's I'm going to bring it back to Elac here. That was one of the things we talked about uh, that we find, find missing with them. Elac, does Portland scare you? You know they they did in the preseason. I mean, signing Chris Boyd was, I I think, a coup for them.
1: And then um, you know, we played them, and I, I just don't think uh, they're mentally. You know, they're together. The cohesiveness of that team is not like what it was last year. and You know, I I wonder if it was. You know, you could you could talk about this, Chris. I'm not sure, but did they need to get rid of Cooper Man? I mean, like, what happened, dude? Did he like? piss somebody off like
3: I, I, I thought he was uh, all right for you guys he was he was okay I mean he scored the first goal in MLS and then he went quiet again and he scored a, I think a few goals towards the end of the season but he wasn't the prolific type that I think that they were hoping he was going to be so and I, I don't know what happened behind he, doesn't, he doesn't make his own goals that's the thing no yeah. he needs someone to give him the ball to make his own goals I mean you've seen with you know with Henry in New York he scored I think he scored seven goals this year and the majority of which have come through assists by Henri, um, And that's not a, a slight on him. He's just the kind of guy who needs someone to help him. Um, and Boyd is a similar kind of player in that he doesn't make, he's not the guy who's going to take it around five people and put it in the top corner from 25 yards. He's the kind of guy, if you put the ball in the box, 10, 11, 12 yards out, he's going to find a way of putting it in. And, and, and they haven't found a way to get the ball to him just yet.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, they no, they don't scare me. Um, actually no no team scares me. The the one team that I that I I'm most scared of is, is my own team, Chivas USA, because we're bipolar, man. We don't know who's gonna show up. So not to take the conversation back to my team, but you know, that that's what I'm afraid of. I, I think there's teams like Vancouver, Seattle and obviously San Jose already, you know, making their name in the Western Conference. I, I think Sandy, uh, San Diego, excuse me, I think San Jose is uh, is probably going to win the, the division because um, they'll probably fight it out with Seattle, and I think Vancouver's going to make some noise. But um, Frank Gallups had, like, a lot of time to, like, work with his team. And they, I, I, I thought getting rid of uh, Bobby Comby was going to hurt them, and I think it's helped them, you know. And I think the the type of style that he plays, you know, the – the uh, the the two big guys up front, you know, Lenhart and Wondolowski. I mean, what other two tandem uh, of forwards in the Western Conference would you guys, you know, compare to what those guys are doing right now? And and will would they be able to sustain it? Because I, I see Montero and I see uh, Eddie Johnson in Seattle, and I mean, they're barely starting to get it going, but. You know, I, I think it's because the other team is still kind of finding themselves in the Western Conference, and I think San Jose has found themselves.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're up and
3: running a lot quicker than anybody else. I think the only other combination in the West that could approach that would be Cummings and Casey in Colorado if they were able to get that together again. I think they've both been injured. I think Casey just came back over the weekend.
2: Casey, yeah, that's Casey still say, did, not, did not make the trip to uh, New England so that he could be ready for... Tonight right which is going on in like the next 10 minutes it's going right now they're in the uh, right
3: in- I mean even if even if the impact is still going to take them a few weeks to get match fit and all that kind of stuff so they're going to be looking at June before they start making any progress and by that state, no, San Jose are off and gone um, I think um, if we just mentioned the Timbers one more time they did bring in Mike Faito from Montreal who becomes the first Guy that played for both Seattle and Portland in the MLS era. So what we were mentioning before, you just feel certain he's going to go to Central and and get a goal there, which would be great. Um, so you know, clearly the Timbers have realised that there's an issue scoring goals, but I don't think Mike Decito is the kind of guy to have anybody shaking in their boots. No,
2: he's 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 going to be good. He's he's is he going to be the strike partner for that Chris Boyd needs?
3: No, I think so. Uh, I actually Nick just made a pretty good point in the in the, the chat room that he expects a flurry of trades in the summer, and it's almost as though MLS has a kind of a, a two seasons within a season where they have the first few couple of months before the the European window closes, and then come June July you see all these players come in and you kind of start again. It seems right. like for teams like Portland and possibly not Toronto because they're already done, but especially Portland you kind of hope that they can bring people in who are then going to give them the impetus to have them clawing into the playoffs later on.
2: Great.
3: I don't know if that's very likely, Quite
2: frankly. I'm not confident about them making the playoffs' things stand. Well, you know, this is MLS, it's, the stranger things have happened, so it's uh, Not many. Not many. No.
0: No. I can think of a few. <laughs> well, I can't tell you that Connor Casey is on the bench tonight uh, for um, Colorado here at FC Dallas, and uh, James Marcellin is on the bench for FC Dallas. Right. Uh, Ruben Luna making an appearance on the bench. Uh, for those uh, FC Dallas fans that follow the show, find some... Sp- Are
3: there FC Dallas fans that follow the show? I think it's just me. Are FC Dallas fans?
0: Yes. Oh,
2: um, Okay. Um, the cheap show. wait, you're saying the show has fans?
0: Yeah. See that—that's the there's the joking. That's the joke. Yeah. Whenever you have more, whenever oh, you have uh, uh, more hosts than you do uh, followers and listeners. You uh, got eight live. Right. That's okay. Yeah,
2: that's we'll Three, three like, of them are on the say, four of
0: them are on the show right and now. We're all three so. watching it. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, you guys are the number one uh, rated show here in East LA, man. That's for sure. <laughs> nice. That's good. Says the man without Skype. <laughs> um, Scott Seeley in the starting lineup for FC Dallas tonight as well. I'm actually headed over that, that way now. Here's where we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I'm going to do the plugs. Hey, uh, Elac, you got anything you want to throw out there before we wrap up the show? No, man. I just wanted to say thanks to all you
1: guys for having me on. You know, um, It's an honor and a pleasure as always. Let me talk about my team. Let me talk about uh, Black Army 1850. And uh, I'd be more than happy to come on again Probably we'll turn it around um, but you know we'll see how it goes like you guys said strange things have happened it's the MLS so
0: thank you again well hey we love you guys we love what you're doing any any week you want to come on you got the number you you just give us a buzz all right very cool thank you that guys That is Elac uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do that we'll do the plugs real quick you can follow me on Twitter at tweeter underscore dumb you can follow Sarah at whole bird uh, you, you can follow mark at SC underscore beaner lights. L I T E S. Hank is at Hisco five. You can al- you can also check him out the themidnightride.us. that's his podcast. Chris is at Chris J. Ballard. You can follow him on Around the League, which is at, AT- uh, csrn.usa.com and on Twitter at ATLCSRN. Uh the show is at Top of the Table TV, the website top of the And again with uh, ELAC, you can follow Elac at East LA Chiva, his show What the Flock the best name ever for a Chivas podcast, whattheflock.buzzsprout.com. Com.
2: not about sheep herding. You just like saying what the flock. I do,
0: I do like saying it. I was really surprised that that Twitter name was available, Eli. Come on, man. There's
1: like, I don't know, maybe like 20 Chivas USA like fans, and I, I'm almost certain like uh, only a few of them have a idea for podcasts. There's another cool um, podcast called Talking Goats, but um, yeah, What the Flock, man. That that just hits true to what we're trying to do in our vibe, and you know,
0: <laughs> what can I say, man? We're doing our best. Well, I'm waiting for the TFC podcast called What the Fook, and I'm going to leave you with that. Yeah, I said it. Wah, 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 wah. That's how you go out on a high note, Ballard. Uh, I'm Brian Bentley in Dallas. Thank you to Elac joining us from East LA. Chris Ballard and Parts unknown. Hank Ballard. My parts are not unknown. Thank Hank, oh, yes, they are. Hank Ballard coming to us from Boston. Uh, thank you, everybody. Hey, Hank
3: Ballard, did we have uh, some kind of civil union? <laughs> there? Thanks, everybody. In the,
0: <laughs> thanks, everybody in the chat room. Those who have downloaded the podcast, thanks, right at uh, Geek Week and Jeff Katz. Uh, we will see you again next week. Oh, by the way, um, let's just say this very quickly. Holbird, not a very attractive football follower. What? Yes. Thank you. That is it. We'll see you next week.